2: They saw their team take their record to 2-0, and score 34 points for a second straight game, and put themselves in sole possession of first place in the AFC North. Now, whether or not that's going to continue, we will see. Next two weeks are going to be tough. But last night, Andy Dalton came out hot, and this is what the first touchdown sounded like.
1: Second down and goal from the four. Dalton fakes a pitch to the left, rolls
2: out to the right. Got
0: throws into the back corner yeah. of the end zone. Touchdown!
1: Bengals, Adriel, Jeremiah Green with his second touchdown in as many weeks.
2: That's Cincinnati Bengals radio network, and uh, it got better from there. Eventually, the Bengals went up 28-7 late in the first half. Uh, the Ravens made a run, cut it to, uh, I think, five points, right? Cut it to five points, 28-23, uh, midway through the fourth quarter. But the Bengals pulled away from there and uh, ended up winning 34-23 to for those of you who went to sleep before it was over. And for those of you waking up across the country to start your morning with us, thank you. After the game, Andy Dalton was asked about the performance, and he had this to say. We came out hot, exactly how we wanted to start the game. Big win for us, I mean, to put us 2-0, start the year. We got a leg up in the division, which is, which is good. So, you know, it was exactly what we wanted to do. And uh, to finish it off, a great win for us. You know, we feel like we've got so much potential and so many guys that are really good players. And I feel like the way Bill's calling it and, and what we're doing is, uh, has been great. And so, you know, the times that we are getting behind the change and different things, it, it's our fault. And um, we feel like that uh, there's a lot of potential for us and we just got to go, go out and, uh, and prove it every day. It's Andy Dalton. He also uh, was joined by his head coach, Marvin Lewis, who had this to say after getting the Bengals to 2-0.
3: Our quarterback is playing his tail off, and the guys today took care of him. You know, we caught the ball today. I think we only had dropped one drop, if I recall, and and that was big. Andy directed the offense. We went went in and out of the different tempo stuff tonight and, uh, you know, kind of tried to keep them back on their heels
2: Uh, That's Marvin Lewis. So if you are a Bengals fan, is your optimism different than it was before this season started? I think it would have to be. The next couple of games, I think you're going to lose. But you're in a position now to contend for the AFC North. We'll see what happens with the Steelers going up against Kansas City Chiefs in week two and also with the, uh, the Ravens kind of going forward from here. If you're a Bills fan, you probably look at that and say, boy maybe we are really bad. Uh, Obviously, every week is a different story in the NFL. We'll come back to the NFL here momentarily and talk about all the biggest games coming up and which ones I think are must-see on Sunday. I want to pivot here now, college football, and, and talk about the big games that are coming up in college football as well. To me, the biggest game in college football by far is LSU on the road against Auburn, because I believe that Auburn, is good enough to contend for a national championship. If you listen to this show regularly, you know my prediction for the four teams that would make the college football playoff was uh, as follows. Alabama, I thought the Alabama Crimson Tide would be make it. I still feel like they would. Uh, I felt like uh, the second most likely team to make it was Clemson. Clemson doesn't play another top 25 team all year or even a top 25 team all year I feel like Clemson is going to be into the college football playoff Uh, in my third spot I said Penn State after week one when they went to overtime against App State I was getting a little bit nervous week two they came out and they dominated Pittsburgh 51 to 6 I feel a little bit better about Penn State right now I think they're going to be undefeated when Ohio State comes into Happy Valley in. I believe it's week five um, of the season in college football going to be a massive game there I think Penn State's got a good chance to win that one as well. So that's why I picked Penn State to make the playoff as my third team. And my fourth team was Auburn. And I felt like Auburn would win week 1 against Washington and I felt like they would win every game all the way up until they got to Alabama and had to go to Tuscaloosa and I thought they would lose that game and get in as an 11 and 1 team. Well, if I'm going to be proven correct, then this game tomorrow between LSU and Auburn is massive. Look, the home team has won 16 of the last 18 games in this series. Basically, since we went back to start the uh, 2021 uh, 2000, uh, century, this game has been dominated by the home team. Look, LSU may have been the biggest surprise in week one with the way that they dominated Miami. Is LSU going to continue that domination? Are they better than we anticipate? Or are the odds makers right in making Auburn a double-digit favorite? I am on Auburn. I am on the under in this game. Okay. The other couple of big games, I believe, in college football, look, I have no idea what to expect from TCU Ohio State. Ohio State has not been challenged first two games of the season by either Oregon State or by uh, Rutgers. The odds makers seem to believe that Ohio State is going to come out and just blitzkrieg TCU. They're nearly a two-touchdown favorite in this neutral site game taking place in Texas. Remember, Urban Meyer still not going to be on the sideline. So projecting exactly how the team's going to play I think is a little bit difficult. Meanwhile, you've got Gary Patterson who is one of the best coaches in college football and has had months to prepare for Ohio State and their young quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, as good as he has been, has not gone against a good defense or, frankly, a really good coach so far. So we will see what transpires in that game. It's obviously massive going forward. Urban Meyer will be back, in theory, for week four, having served his three-game suspension. Okay, all of that is going on. Then also, if you're a fan of Cinderella's, Boise State going on the road against Oklahoma State, both of these teams have scored over 50 points in all four of their games. Uh, Over-under here, 63-and-a-half. I think it's going to be shattered. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. If Boise can win, they will be substantial favorites in every game on their schedule the rest of the way, potentially a 12-and-0 regular season for Boise. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State, look... Mike Gundy's team just seems to win nine or ten games every year. Can they keep that up? We will see. That's going on in college football. To me, now let me pivot to the NFL. There are so many games I'm excited to watch on Saturday and Sunday. Those are the three most I'm excited to watch. There are a lot of other games that I'll be intrigued to see as well. What's going to happen with Alabama at Ole Miss? uh, What is going to happen in USC, Texas? I'll be watching college football like a lot of you all day Saturday. Now, on Sunday, I think the best game by far on Sunday – is Pats on the road against the Jags. We played at the end of hour two, a little bit of a segment of uh, of Jalen Ramsey talking about Rob Gronkowski. There is so many storylines in this game. The line has moved, interestingly, from the Patriots, a small favorite, to now in many places the Jags are favored. Uh, is there going to be a way for the Jags to get their revenge against the New England Patriots to take an advantage early in the season in the race for playoff uh, positioning, potentially home field, or... Is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, are they going to do what they've done so many times before, which is roll into a city and snatch the still-beating heart out of a fan base? I can't wait to see here. I I think there are so many storylines, beginning with Tom Brady against this very good Jacksonville Jaguar defense, particularly because Brady doesn't have very good wide receivers right now. Can Rob Gronkowski get open? Will the game be more like the fourth quarter comeback that we saw from the Patriots, or is Jacksonville going to be able to go out and complete what they were not able to complete up in uh, Foxborough? On top of that, what are we going to see from Blake Bortles? Is Leonard Fournette going to be healthy? There are so many different storylines to me that jump out about Jags and Patriots and make it the best game of the NFL uh, weekend week two, right? I just can't wait to see how all of that, uh, all those elements of the story are going to shake out. On top of that, that's just one of what I think is a very good slate of NFL games. I can't wait to see whether Fitzmagic is for real. The Eagles defending Super Bowl champs go on the road. Nick Foles, 6-1 and as a starter. Can he make it 7-1? and I think the Bucs are going to win. I think the Bucs are going to win outright. I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be fabulous. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to keep Jameis Winston on the bench. I think the Bucs are going to start off 2-0. and Chiefs are going on the road against the Steelers. I like the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs, uh, as an underdog, four and a half points. How healthy is Roethlisberger? I think the Steelers have hit their peak. I think Ben Roethlisberger has hit this peak. I think the Steelers have begun their decline. The uh, Vikings-Packers, is Brett Favre going to play? The suggestion would be no, based on the way the uh, Super Contest line has been laid. Vikings, seven-point favorite. I loved what the Vikings did against the Packers in – Sorry, what the Vikings did against the 49ers in week one. Vikings are my Super Bowl pick. I think they go out and dominate the Packers if Deshaun Kaiser is playing. Uh, We talked earlier with Shannon Spake. She's got the Lions 49ers game. Boy, you want to talk about the bloom being off the rose. Can you imagine if the Lions went on the road and beat the 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo can't lose to Jimmy Garoppolo can only lose. That storyline intriguing to follow. Uh, The Raiders and the Broncos. I feel like Case Keenum of all of the new quarterbacks has been a little bit under the radar the Broncos got the win against the Seahawks in week one Raiders John Gruden is starting to call out Derek Carr Danny G does that make you a little bit nervous do we have the audio of John Gruden calling out Derek Carr it only took a week for John Gruden to throw Derek Carr under the bus be honest are you nervous
3: (laughs) is that really throwing him under the bus though saying Amari Cooper's wide open we got to get him the ball no this is the kick in the ass that Derek Carr needs let's keep it real I love Derek Carr. He's a great quarterback, but he hasn't been playing as a great quarterback for the past, what, year and a half?
2: Derek Carr doesn't seem like the kind of guy who plays better when he gets called out.
3: He's the kind of guy where he doesn't play well in a game when he's mad in the game. Have you ever noticed that? When he's frustrated and mad in a game, he throws more interceptions. When everything is going smooth and teammates are smiling and the coach is loving him, that's when he throws for four TDs and 400 yards in a game.
2: I don't think this is ideal for John Gruden to be calling out Derek Carr because I don't think Derek Carr is the kind of guy who responds to criticism. Some guys do, right? I mean, there are, and anybody who's ever coached a team knows that every single player has a different psychology, and the biggest challenge of coaching, whether you're coaching in Little League or whether you're coaching in the NFL, is you have to be able to get inside the psychology of that individual player, and some guys respond better To being told hey you stunk there you need to pick it up and that like kick in the butt makes them better other people go into a shell and to me and I don't know him I don't know him personally but to me Derek Carr seems like the kind of guy who goes into a shell I like the Broncos in that game uh Giants Cowboys look one of these teams going to be 0-2 a lot of excitement coming into the season for both uh franchises got Ezekiel Elliott against Saquon Barkley Dak Prescott against Eli Manning can uh, Odell Beckham Jr. take over a game? I think the Giants are going to go on the road and beat the Cowboys. And I think the the, the drumbeat of is Dak the guy is going to continue to grow. And, uh, and Jerry Jones is going to have a tough decision to make about Jason Garrett. I think he's going to have a tough decision to make about his quarterback. Again, Dak came in in year one and vastly exceeded anyone's reasonable expectations. And then what happens in the NFL? What happens in the NFL, which is pretty unbelievable, is you get... An entire offseason where everybody breaks down every throw you made and they dissect you to a degree that Dak Prescott has never been dissected and they figure out you know what Dak Prescott doesn't do x and y very well and so when you come back in year two all they make you do is x and y and they expose Dak Prescott and then the hope is that over the course of the summer in year two you figure out how to work and get better at your deficiencies and so when you come out in, in year three you have uh, made the defensive coordinators realize that you have adjusted and you can take advantage of what they believe is your weakness, right? That's how the NFL is played. It's one big chess match and the NFL defensive coordinators figure out the thing that the offensive player does the worst and then they make him do it over and over again. And if you can prove yourself, oh, you know what? It's like baseball. You can't hit the curveball. Well, you know what you're going to get every pitch? The curveball. And then if you start to hit the curveball, then they have to change and adjust. Well, Dak Prescott hasn't proven that he can take his game to the next level and certainly the Cowboys have not surrounded him with very much talent at the wide receiver or tight end position and as a result, I love the under in this game and I think It is going to be really low-scoring and ugly, but the Giants with Odell Beckham Jr. make a late play. That's a lot of the games that I am most excited to watch. There's obviously a bunch of others that are out there, uh, but to me, those are the ones that that, that kind of surge to the top. I'm going to be at the Titans game. I'm a Titans season ticket holder. Uh, Titans are a mess right now with uh, injuries at both the right and left tackle. Uh, We don't know how healthy Marcus Mariota is. uh, And so, potentially... The Texans are coming into a pretty good spot to get the Titans at a time where they're weakened based on a lot of the injuries they got in the Miami Dolphin game. Uh, I'm being told that we have uh, some pretty good audio last night. Uh, Steve Smith and Michael Irvin got into it pretty good talking about last night's game. Let's hear that audio.
3: That's what I call like, one of those big guys. Steve, you're bad, well Why you standing up? You know up. you were bad, man, because my knee hurt. You all right? Me. I went, <laughs> hey, stand got excited. Me. He was up. Uh, like, hold hey, on, yeah, shut yeah. on. So right. you tell me that they ain't had a wide receiver since Anquan? Yeah, but, 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 Steve, you you played then you got hurt, so you know, he had to go through it because you talked about it, those injuries. I'm with you on I that. Yeah, I went through, yeah, went through, through the it. injuries, but right, it, right. Anquan wasn't the only baller on there. I understand you have the rings, but I passed you statistically okay. years ago. Oh. Hold on. Hang on enough right rings now. to let all y'all borrow one Hang and in there. have some. I concur and I agree with your okay, rings, but at right. the same time, <laughs> it ain't no route I couldn't run that you hoped you could run. Play. Oh! Yeah.
4: I like, I like the competition still on the I got set do- right now. I got a doctor route runner. I like it. Talk
3: about it. <laughs> I got a doctor route got <laughs> Tell a, him about it. You got it. an associate's degree. Play, yeah. bro. let <laughs> community college. They got three rings. Listen, absolutely. absolutely. So we've rings. got you covered How right here from out. field it's level. <laughs> That's all all right. The stadium,
4: it's starting to fill yeah. up, Troy guys. Aikman.
3: These two. Are,
2: these Charles rings. Haley. going to continue. Whoa, that's actually, I mean, I think the video would probably make that even <laughs> yeah. better.
3: Yeah, because Michael Irvin stands up, uh, but Steve Smith told him, I got a doctorate in route running. You got an associate's degree playoff from a community college.
2: Yeah, that's an amazing line. That's a really funny line. Uh, who was the woman between them trying to get out of that that segment? That would be amazing. Who Do we know who the woman was? That would be amazing if we had two NFL analysts get into a fight over who was the better <laughs> wide receiver live on the air.
3: I will take a look to see who that is.
2: Uh, but you could tell, like, I guarantee you, having d- doing television, there was a producer in the year like, get out of here, get out of <laughs> here, get out of here, because TV producers don't like it when things start to go a little bit too real. And uh, that sounds like there's a uh,
1: a, a lot of uh, competitive spirit there between Steve Smith and uh, Michael Irvin. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Shannon Spake joins us now. She's at Shannon Spake on Twitter. i got to start off by saying thank you for the package you sent my kids. You got to play yourself in Cars 3. Although, do you play yourself when you just do your voice? I don't know exactly how that process works, but my boys are obsessed with the Cars movies, and they absolutely loved uh, the package that you sent them.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I did play my own voice, and uh, the character's name was Shannon Spokes. So they kind of did a play on, on my name, which is what they kind of did. Like Jeff Gordon was Jeff Gorvette, And, um, so they kind of do a play on, on your real name, but it's funny cause that's the exact same question that my kid asked me. My kids asked me when I was getting ready to do the movie, they're like, well, mommy, like, what are you going to sound like in the movie? And I just tried to explain to them that it was going to be me and they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out until they saw the movie. But yeah, it's cool. I have my own die cast and, uh, and then a little book and I sent you a movie as well. It, it's fun stuff. You know, you don't, obviously you don't get that opportunity very often. So I think probably purchase, I probably purchased, I probably spent like $1,000 <laughs> on merchandise for the Cars 3 stuff just to kind of have stuff at the house.
2: So when you were, so I had to record my book, the, my new book, it's coming out in like 10 days or whatever it is. And I had to be in there for nine hours recording every single word that was in my book for the audiobook version. And I mean, it is grueling to sit there and make sure that you pronounce every word correctly, that you hit it with the right tone, That you don't misspeak, that you don't just miss a word, right? It's easy to do when you're reading. When you are doing this for the movie, like how much time did you actually have to be in there recording and how many different versions of each line would you do?
4: I didn't have a whole lot of lines, but but the problem was that they would send you your lines only. So you had no context. Like you didn't know, you know, who you were talking to or, or what had just happened in the movie. Like they only sent you your lines. So Thankfully, you're. I was on Skype with the director, so the Skype Pixar is located out here. I'm actually in California right now. It's located in the Bay Area, so I would be on Skype with those guys, and they would kind of explain to me um, how to do it. But the problem with like with um, with animation films is they want everything as fast as as you could possibly get it. And I'm like, I'm a really fast talker. I speak very quickly in my regular life, but they were like, we need it faster, we need it faster, we need it, you know. But um, it was so much fun just to kind of do that and be a part of that. And I think I've told you before, to be like the one woman who was kind of up there with all of the guys at Daytona representing NASCAR in that way. Like, I just thought it was really cool to be the person who was representing the female the female base in NASCAR, because there are so many women in racing, whether it be you know uh, reporters or PR people or just people that travel with with the sport, and that was really really cool for me to be that be that representation.
2: Well, first of all, thank you for getting up so early. I didn't even do of the course. math and realize that you were on the West Coast. Do you are you one of those people who, when you travel, so you're usually in Charlotte? Uh, are yeah. you one of those people who travels and stays on whatever time zone you were on before? Because it's four twenty five a.m. in in San Francisco right now. Uh, or or did you just get up for the show? Because you sound wide awake already.
4: I woke up about an hour ago because I did have some notes to do before I talked to you because I I kind of like, I throw my notes together on the airplane. I read all the press clippings and all the clippings and kind of go through notes. And I throw it on like one word document, and then I try to organize it a little bit. So I was like, before I get up and talk to the hardest working man in you know in this (laughs) industry, I better know what I'm talking about. So I got up a little bit early. But you know what? Hey, I I think, Clay, you're, you're a dad, right? We sleep when we can, and you're working as hard as you can right now. And I'm training for this Iron Man. So the answer to your question is I, I, I try to stay as close to East Coast time because I know I'm going to be junk when I get back if I don't. But at the same time, I, I do let myself sleep. I have to.
2: What are you hearing, by the way, when you travel cross coast? I mean, I know Charlotte's not that close to the uh, to the coast, but North Carolina and South Carolina, obviously that storm is hitting. How weird yep. did it feel to be leaving the East Coast to go to the West Coast and be so far removed from that story that's going on right now, which is relatively close to you, where you live?
4: Yeah, sure. You know, it's all, I've done it my whole career though. I had to leave my kids, like you know, whether it be you know they're missing school because of a snowstorm, or they're doing this. Like, thankfully, I got out. I, I did leave a little bit early so I could get out. I think getting back in though, no, Monday morning, I'm supposed to take a red eye home um, after the game on Sunday. So getting home might be a little bit. And, and I'm supposed to be on set for for Race Hub on Monday because we actually start the playoffs this weekend. The uh, the NASCAR world out here and they're in Las Vegas this weekend. So I don't know, that may be, I, I may have to delay that. I may not be able to be on set on Monday if, if my flight gets canceled, um, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. But it does stink kind of not being with your family when, when you know that they're kind of the, the potential for them hunkering down and losing power and, and, and having kind of deal with all this stuff. But it's, it's part of the gig, you know, I mean, we, we do this, we love it. And uh, I'm kind of used to it. I've been covering sports since 15, for 15 years. I've been getting on a plane every weekend and going somewhere. So it, it's kind of part of the deal.
2: We're talking to Shannon Spake. Go follow her on Twitter at Shannon Spake. She's covering the San Francisco 49er game this weekend against Detroit. Yeah. So let's go, to, let's go to your game. All right, all uh-huh. offseason Niner fans are like Jimmy G is the next Joe Montana. <laughs> they were thrilled about everything that they had seen, the final five wins. And then the cold, hard hand of reality slaps them in the face last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Jimmy G throws three interceptions. Uh, the Niners fall to 0-1. Similarly, The Lions, I feel like on Monday night, everybody expected they're going up against a rookie quarterback. They're a touchdown favorite. They get the pick six on the first throw that Sam Darnold tries. Everybody in Detroit's excited. And then the wheels come off. They give up 48 points. What's going to give in this game? Neither team wants to be 0 2. Somebody is. What's your vibe? What's your expectation?
4: Well, I mean, if I had to just do a pick on, like, I think San Francisco, I mean, it was just a game of missed opportunities, right? I mean, they, Alfred Morris had, you know, they made that 14-play drive, and then he drops it out at the end zone. They couldn't, they could not convert when they got down to the red zone. And I just think it was missed opportunities. For the Detroit Lions, like, you just kind of went, what is going on? I I, I remember I was watching the game in the third quarter. It almost sounded like the game was ending. You know, even the broadcasters, like, had this, this cadence in their voice that kind of I had to keep looking up at the TV screen like it's only the third right people are leaving it just was it just was not a good display I you know obviously the bounce back you've got Matt Stafford who's, who's been in this situation before he's a complete vet um, I, this stat is so uh, staggering to me Jimmy G uh, let me see if I can find it he hasn't had to bounce back from a loss since 2013, when he played Northern Illinois, when he was at Eastern Illinois, that was the wow. last time he bounced back from a from a loss. His last loss is actually in his last game in, in college. So, of course, that you know he didn't have to kind of show up at the field the next week. So, I'm fascinated to find out how much he did learn sitting behind uh, Tom Brady out there in New England, and how much he learned from that organization. Uh, again, maybe not a team that experienced a whole lot of um, a whole lot of uh, you know losses while he was out there and, and not a whole lot of things they had to overcome. But I am interested to see how that goes. But I think being out here, I, I, I think just watching those two games, the 49ers, against that Vikings defense, I just felt like it was missed opportunities, and I think that they'll get those cleaned up. It's um, it's going to be interesting, though, because like, I, I heard the stat that you guys had, what is it, 9%, 11% or something like that, if you start off 0-2. Make it to the postseason. And both of these teams started the season was certainly with a a lot of hope that they could do that.
2: Uh, We're talking to Shannon Spake. She's got the game uh, between the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers on Sunday on Fox. What's the challenge about covering games uh, in general early in the season when? everybody overreacts to one game, right? I mean, I think that's natural no matter what. You don't have very much of a runway where you can point to and say, okay, well, they weren't very good in this game, but they're likely to be good here. You're still trying to figure out what the storyline of the team is going to be. And Jimmy G, I, I just come back again and again to the amount of attention that he got for going 5-0. and Did he get maybe coronated a little bit too early as the next big thing in the NFL?
4: So I covered one of his games. I covered his second game last last year, the second game that he was on the sidelines. I think it was the Bears out here. And I remember going up and talking to him before the game, and I asked him about it. And he looked right at me. He said, it's only one game. And so I'm going to use that this weekend because I think that that also applies for, for what he's experienced now. It's only one game. Again, we don't know how he's going to bounce back from it. And, and like you said, oh, my goodness, he has got this huge contract. Everybody's talking about him like he's won all these games. He's the next great thing. So how much did he read his press? Because if he did, then it's going to be a little harder for him to kind of bounce back. But is he a guy who who can get out there, who can shake it off? I loved what you said, like the defensive back mindset, right? Those DBs, they get blown up almost every play, and they've got to get back out there, and they've got to just shake it off. I love that you said that because that is so, so true. And we did see him kind of lose his cool a little bit during that game. He got frustrated, right, because he was making mistakes. So will he be able to shake that off? He, he said this week it's a 24-hour rule. So I want to know where he learned that, who he watched that from, because he hasn't experienced a lot of this in his career. So I think that'll be the biggest question. And then there's injuries, right? I mean, his offensive line just got battered in that game. Um, Matt, Matthew Stafford, we don't know if he's 100% either. So the injury bug has already hit both of these teams. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. See, I know most people will look at that game and say, oh, my goodness. But to me, I even last week I covered Cardinals-Redskins. And I thought there were so many cool stories going into the game with the return of Adrian Peterson, both of those quarterbacks you know, kind of looking for redemption in some way with Sam Bradford and Alex Smith. Uh, you know, what what could they do? Larry Fitzgerald, anytime you have Larry Fitzgerald on the field, I think it's a really cool game to watch that guy play from field level, to watch him practice, diving for balls in practice play, diving onto the ground in practice. As a 15-year vet, you know, you realize why he is who he is. So for me, there are some fascinating storylines to this game, and, and those are the things that I'm going to try to connect to with.
2: Let's talk bigger NFL picture right now. Uh, a lot of discussion about the roughing the passer penalties. I'm looking uh, this morning. I like to start off my morning with an actual newspaper. So I've got the Wall Street Journal open in front of me right now. And uh, their lead story in sports is a penalty surge in the NFL Week one penalties, and this is probably something that a lot of people who watched NFL games noticed and felt, were up 19% over last year. So, I mean, that's a pretty substantial growth in penalties. And the biggest swing in terms of penalty was they basically doubled the number of roughing the passer penalties. Uh, and uh, and they've got all sorts of, uh, of new rules that they're applying in terms of how the passers protect it. For what you do, did you feel that on, on the sideline in terms of the, the length of the games and the amount of penalties being called? And certainly that's been uh, controversial in general, is how do you protect the quarterbacks while also simultaneously allowing the game to actually take place?
4: That's the big question, right? I mean, when we sat in our season meetings for fox and you have some of the the vets and and they're you know they're like what's going on with the game and then you have broadcasters who are like this is going to completely change the flow of the game we're not going to be able to get into a rhythm and then you got my buddy chris spielman who i'm on the sideline with who will tell you flat out I mean, he's an old-timer right and, and he's probably one of those guys you would think that i mean he was the toughest that that they came and um but he's like listen it's the rules these are the rules. This is what you have to do. If you want to play the game, you have to adjust to the rules. And, you know, I mean, the NFL is doing what they think that they need to do or they need to do to keep these players safe. And certainly it is changing the dynamic of what all of us are used to seeing, but they're doing what they think that they need to do. I don't feel it from a, from a sideline standpoint, but you see some of those plays where, you know, the defensive guys, you know, they're on the quarterback and they were supposed to roll this way and not that way. And, I think it's certainly adding a dynamic to those meeting rooms. I haven't, I mean, it's only week two for me. We have had discussions, I mean, over and over and over again. And every week we at Fox Sports get examples sent to us on video about certain plays and, and certain penalties and why it is and why it is. And I think we're all trying to figure it out. But we have to figure it out because it's the way that, it's the way that we're moving and it's, it's the new rules of the game.
2: What's going on with the triathlon training? When is the official debut of your oh, uh, incredible triathlon performance?
4: So I, I actually, I want to thank everybody. I don't know if any of your listeners follow me on, on Twitter, but um, I, I tweeted out yesterday. I actually, I was bailing on it last week. I was like, I am done. This six hours on the bike every week, followed by an 18-mile run the next day is, is for the birds. It, it, it just got to me. And uh, my kids and my husband looked at me and they were like, you are not quitting. No way. You have come way too far. So I put on my big girl boots and I went out yesterday and I did an 18-mile run, which is, I was texting you during the run when I when I wasn't able to join you yesterday because I, I had an 18-mile run and then had to fly out. Um, but um, yeah, it's November 3rd down in Panama City. And I told you if you're down there at your beach house, you should come check it out.
2: I would so the, we haven't planned the entire schedule I'm nervous about this in general so my book comes out on September 25th which I already
4: purchased I, by the way oh uh, well sign it for
2: me. yes no I'm 100% all in there so I will be in New York for that entire week and I think I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, events and so I even called in I rarely do this but I was like hey Uh, I told my wife, I was like, can you just come up to New York and hang out with me for that week while I'm doing, because I'll be doing the radio show still. They, They let me use, by the way, which is pretty awesome, the Ryan Seacrest Studio, and let me tell you, Uh, It's the old Ryan Seacrest studio because they built a new Ryan Seacrest studio because he does the Kelly Ripa show, I guess. And this thing, this radio show uh, set that they have set up for him is amazing. I don't think anybody even uses it now. It's got an amazing view out over like a couple of different major roads. I can't even remember which ones it is. Right in Manhattan, it's phenomenal. But then I'll be doing the television show, which leads into Race Hub with you guys. So we're still kind of getting our our feet wet on that show. And then the book will be out. And I just can't even imagine how much of a zoo it's going to be. And so I have, that's how much of a zoo is. I called my wife out and I said like, Hey, I need you up in New York with me. So (laughs) I don't know what that's going to be like, but we haven't planned anything beyond I'm taking the boys and Laura to, to London. We're going to go to the Titans chargers game. So we're going to be over there for a week. And I think I'm going to do the radio show over there and everything else. But beyond that, we haven't planned a single thing for like the rest of our our lives. So mid October, but I think there's a good chance we're going to be down there in November. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool place. Like, I, I think that the water in Panama City Beach. Are you guys? You guys are in the ocean, right?
4: Yeah, and I, it's hit or miss, right? I mean, sometimes you can go out to that ocean and it's completely flat. And at other times, yeah. it could be pretty choppy. Yeah. So uh, we've been down there a couple times um, to like the, the the naval base. Have you been over there to the naval base? Oh yeah, right there. Brought the kids. Yeah. Th- yes. Yeah. So my dad flew F-4s in Vietnam, so every time we go to anywhere, we're always all about going and seeing some of the, um, the old fighter pilots and stuff or, or the planes, and so we've been down there a couple times. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, if, if you're down there, it, it's going to be quite the scene. I mean, you talk about 3,000, 4,000 athletes all jumping in the water at the same time and, and doing this event. But I do – you've never been to a NASCAR race, right, Clay?
2: No, I went to Bristol at night, which was pretty – f- <laughs> Yeah, that – that, that, It was a football yes. game. It doesn't count uh
4: we gotta I, no, no we got to get you to bristol next year no, no doubt uh, we got to get you there because once you go there i i hear it from a million different people you know i cross sports all the time and when i get some of my football people or some of my basketball people out to a nascar race so what we should get your whole crew out there oh they're, they're out in los angeles never mind but we got to get you to we got to get you to bristol next year
2: so i want to hit you on this because you just reminded me when you were mentioning the uh the air force base your grandfather i believe it was fought in yeah. World War II. And I'm reading uh, Band of Brothers, which I just finished. I mean, every night before I go to bed, I'm reading about World War II now because I'm just fascinated by what unbelievable badasses all those guys were. And one of the the details that just blows my mind when you think about what we complain about now, most of the people who were in the 101st Airborne had never even been in an airplane before they took off and went up into the air and jumped out with parachutes. Now, you think about that wherever you are going into work, wherever you are across the country right now, how much just brass balls of unbelievable Mm -hmm. toughness that took. You've never been in an airplane before. And then the first time you ever get in an airplane, you go up in the sky and you jump out with a parachute. I mean, it's unbelievable. Your grandfather did those kind of things.
4: Yes. My grandfather, I have a a great example of the greatest generation right in front of me. He's 94 years old. He is, I mean, literally, Clay, they do not make them like that anymore. He is the kindest human being. I don't think I've ever heard him say a crossword, smiles all the time. He's 94 years old. He's still out there walking his property every single day, picking up trees, doing what he needs to do. But, yes, after I heard you say that on the radio show, I actually called him to ask him how many times he had been up in a plane before he jumped out because he was actually part of... The very first organized airborne unit. He was also one of the the guys who surrounded the USS Missouri when MacArthur signed the treaty to end the war. He was over in in the Pacific uh, during the war, part of some huge battles, had the Silver Star. So when I I asked him that question, he told me he had never been up in a plane before he jumped out of the airplane. I mean, how unbelievable is that? I did not know that it's crazy. And I asked him, I said, were you scared? Like, were, were you nervous? And he's like, I didn't have time to be, I was the second guy out. They told me to follow the first one. And so I did. And I, I, I would thank you for, for bringing that into my mind so that I could call him and ask that question. Because to me, those are things that when he's gone, they're gone forever. And those are stories that, that you don't ever get back. And, um, yeah, he's, he's the most amazing human being I've ever met. I, I, I just, I thank God every single day that I've had the opportunity to get to, to know him for 40-something years of my life, because the great, he, he doesn't complain a day. By the way, still has nightmares about the war. At uh. 94 years old, still has nightmares about the war, but I've never heard him complain. I've never ha- heard him say a crossword. He's, he's quite the example.
2: That's amazing. Shannon Spake, thank you for getting up with us. We'll be watching uh, the Detroit uh, Lions-San Francisco 49ers game. And just think about that for everybody out there. Think about how nervous you might be to do something new. These guys got into an airplane for the first time ever and jumped out of
1: it. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Guess who's back? It's time, aka Mr. Make It Rain, on them for Clay Travis to make us rich.
0: I'm rich,
1: including the legendary, famous, well-known, talk of the town, most celebrated.
0: I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood,
1: bank, Guaranteed. You want early
2: picks? Monday picks. You can sign up for Outkick VIP. You also get an autographed copy of my new book, Republicans Buy Sneakers Too michael jordan quote there it will be out in about 10 days september 25th um so a couple weeks from now and uh, i think people will enjoy it but you're also going to enjoy going 12 and 0 here starting tonight memphis going to cover against georgia state memphis by four touchdowns boom you win fsu at syracuse i think syracuse wins this game outright in syracuse i also think the overhits dino babers head coach at syracuse All he does is cover. All he does is score points. Syracuse with the win and the cover. Vandy at Notre Dame. You want to play like a money line underdog that pays off really well here. This may be crazy to some of you. I think Vandy has a chance to beat Notre Dame. I really do. I don't think that Notre Dame is an excellent team. I think that Vanderbilt's just decent. But I think this game at two touchdowns, way too inflated. I think Vandy goes up and covers and may make it competitive, potentially being able to win. Bama on the road at Ole Miss. I'm on Bama and the over. I think Tua Tagovailoa, if they need to play him the entire game, is going to put up 60 points like they did last year for Bama. A couple of stats. This game has gone uh, over 80 the last three years. And uh, Bama and uh, Ole Miss gave up 41 points to some school named Southeast, uh, sorry, Southern uh, Indiana. Sorry, Southern Illinois State. All right, that's a tough uh, university to say. Southern Illinois State scored 41 on Ole Miss last week. Bama's going to score 60-plus over cashes easily, double win there. That's a double blood bank guarantee, by the way. The very rare double blood bank guarantee. If you're not familiar with the blood bank guarantee, it means if you have no money, you should go down to the blood bank, sell your plasma, and put whatever money you make there on the game. Double blood bank guarantee on Bama to cover and hit the over against Ole Miss. Ohio State TCU. I'm torn on this game, but this is a gamble on Gary Patterson with months to prepare. I think TCU covers against Ohio State. Mizzou. I love Mizzou here. This line, I believe, has dropped down under uh, seven points, under a touchdown. Mizzou, I think, underrated right now. I love Drew Locke. Eight touchdowns. I think Drew Locke's going to be the overall number one draft pick come May in the 2019 NFL Draft. Mizzou. 2-0 2-0 going on the road against 0-2 Purdue. I think Mizzou and the over hits. LSU-Auburn, I love Auburn here. The more I watch and study this game, I also like the under. I don't think LSU could score. I think Auburn will line up. The home field advantage for Auburn, you heard Lance Taylor talking about this in hour one. The home team has won 16 of the last 18 in this series. I love Auburn and the under in this game. And Boise State at Oklahoma State, the over. It's going to be a really exciting game uh get your picks in boys that is 12 and oh boom gonna make you rich with all of those plays um anybody out there anything else that we need to hit as we go into the final minute of the show i want to encourage you guys danny g just shared me the podcast numbers you guys are blowing them through the roof we're gonna set a number that's never been set before on this show i appreciate all of you for sharing the show, for being such fans, and for being involved. I also want to say to everybody out there, there's a lot of people who listen to this show in North and South Carolina. The hurricane has hit, and I know there are incredibly dangerous times for you and members of your family. Be safe, especially with standing water. You don't know how deep it is. Don't get out there and try to drive around. The The flooding is going to be extreme. Be safe, make smart decisions, and our prayers for the show are with you and your family